Welcome to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, where we talk with some of the greatest names from the stadium and stage about the music and sports that shaped their lives. I'm John Adams. In my years of working in the music and sports arenas, I've experienced firsthand the surprising connections between these two industries. Together, through this podcast, we will explore this crossover relationship. All of our podcasts have an accompanying Spotify playlist that showcases the music we discuss with each of our guests. Search for The Score on Spotify. Today's guest is often one of the most overlooked and underappreciated fixtures of baseball. On April 26, 1941, the first ballpark organ was put into use at Wrigley Field in Chicago, home of the Chicago Cubs. The organ was played during pregame festivities, but play was halted 30 minutes prior to the game start. Due to copyright restrictions on performances, the organ was removed from Wrigley Field and didn't return until 1967. In 1942, the first permanent organ was installed at Ebbets Field, home of the Brooklyn Dodgers. Gladys Gooding was the organist and is said to be the first organist in Major League Baseball history. She was so well-loved that Brooklyn Dodger fans said she was the only Dodger who played every game without an error. The Dodgers went without a stadium organ upon their move to Los Angeles in 1958 as there was no organ at the L.A. Coliseum, where the team played through 1961. The organ finally returned to the Dodgers when they moved into their permanent home, Dodger Stadium, in 1962. From 62 to 87, four organists came and went from their perch behind home plate. In 1988, a new organist graced the Ivories and sat on the bench for 28 years, longer than any of her five predecessors. She became part of the fabric of Dodger lore and a beloved member of the organization. We'll have a conversation with Nancy B. Hefley right after this. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us, but for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us. And the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. Welcome back to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast. Today, I'm happy to speak with longtime Dodger Stadium organist, Nancy B. Hefley. Nancy, how are you? I'm good. And how are you, John? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad that you're doing well. And uh, and I know you're retired and have been uh, enjoying your no, retirement. No, I'm tired. I don't know about the retired yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're all, I think we're all at some level of tired now. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were at Dodger Stadium for nearly 30 years, correct? Yeah, 28. Mm -hmm. 28. And uh, I was four months away from being 80 years old when I retired. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? No, I, four can't, months away. I can't. That's that's amazing. And what was your last season? Was that 15? 15. Your rookie season was pretty uh, pretty phenomenal, though. Yeah. It can't start out any higher than that and then go downward. Yeah, 1988, <laughs> the last championship for our beloved Dodgers, and uh, and there you were. Oral, Oral Hershiser's big year. Yes. And uh, and our, the fellow that hit the home run, I think you've heard of him. Oh, yeah, w w little Kirk Gibson? 
Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah that's I thought you might remember him. Remember him very well. I was there, and in those days, I played the whole game. Yes. So when I he hit that home run, I played in the background. And right now they have they have a DJ and they have Dieter doing the, the playing the organ, so right. th- so now they have they've kind of split that into into two positions and Correct. and both are very active during the game. You were doing some of the 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 first situational play music and some of the first at bat music as well. In in those days, the at bat was very different than now. Yeah, the MLB had. Uh, ordered that no clapping music or anything else they played in between swings, mm. only as they came up to bat. Okay. And and then I could only do a couple of the clapping things and a charge now and then. And I was signaled by the PR guy when to do and what to do. Oh, okay. He so- put his hands up and put his fingers together for clapping and twirled his finger for a charge. <laughs> So you had to take cues from 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 the outside, and did you all were you also free to play things at at moments when you knew you could play them? Yes, that okay. I could do uh, in between, not during, not when the batter was up, mm-hmm. and, and not at all when the other side was up. And one of the first tracks that I remember you playing on a regular basis was for Oral Hershiser. And Master of the House, which is from Les Miserables. And you want to know how that came about? Yes, please. It's a funny story. Les Miserables was sold out. I had played, I play, as you know, show tunes. And I played something from um, one of the shows that a fellow came up to me and said, after the game, you just played a song from a show that I produced in New York. I said, oh, really? Where where are you now? And he says, I'm the general manager of the Schubert. And I says, isn't that where Les Miserables is? And he says, yes. Uh, I said, is there any music in there that I could use? And he said, well, I don't know. Why don't you come see? And I said, I thought it was sold out. He said, well, it is, but I'll put up some folded chairs in the mezzanine for you. <laughs> so we sat on folded chairs in the mezzanine for the show the first time. We saw it several times. And as it went through, I'm trying to think of catchy numbers. And uh, Master of the House was done. And then it's a little bit <laughs> dirty. Yeah, a little, you know? a little irreverent. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the words are <laughs> a little bit. But I don't play words. so. <laughs> <laughs> and my thought was, when the umps were introduced, I would play Master at the House. Uh-huh. So I worked on it, so I was able to play it. And of course, being the first time that I played it, I was really concentrating on what I was doing, because I don't know if you know, but I never used music at the ballpark, mm. ever. Wow. So I learned it, and then I played it. Mm-hmm. And my husband said... Vince Scully was just going crazy. <laughs> he was looking out, trying to get my attention and what have you. He just, you know, he just really liked that song. He took it and he made it oral theme wow. song. Wow. So that's how that came about. That's fascinating that that came from Vin's suggestion. Right. That's right. great. He and I played off of each other a lot. 
he would mention the songs that you're playing during his broadcasts all the time. Right. He said, I want this man to be in the back of my nose who, the old song who. Well, I was on my way to the restroom when I heard him say that. <laughs> and I thought, wow, how does that go? So I'm singing it along in my head. And so the next chance I had, I played it. And, you know, of course, he made a remark about it. Whenever you can play off of, of Vin Scully, that's a good day. Yeah, yeah. That's we had great. a lot of fun in the early days. Who are some of your favorite Dodger players that you interacted with? Well, in later years when I was able, when I went down on the field to see people, mm-hmm. in the first first few years, I never did that. And I went down one one time, and I was met by Matt Kemp. Oh, and he just was all over me, you know, just you know. And he's called um, another player, and he said. He just loves you, and he hollered at him. He was out in the outfield, uh, you know, warming up, and he come hopping in, Missy, 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 you know. <laughs> so uh, uh, I wish I could think of his name, but it's not going to come to me till about 2 in the morning if you don't mind me calling you there. <laughs> you can call anytime. That's fine. <laughs> Let me jump in here real quick. It turns out that Nancy was right. She did remember who the player was and texted me later that evening. It was speedster Juan Pierre. Now let's get back to Nancy B. But uh, I became good friends with Matt. And the night that I retired, he happened to be there with the Padres. Oh, that's great. And he came over and gave me a big hug, you know. And um, then Oro, of course, I've gotten, you know, friendly with and Mm -hmm. a few others over the years. Oh, and Kershaw, of course. Oh, yes. Can't forget Kershaw. Love him. Which player do you remember coming to you first and saying, can you play this for me? They must have had Uh, some requests. (laughs) You know, know, uh, they didn't much in those days. It was not like now the DJ goes down and talks to them and decides, you know, what they would like them to play. When Kendall... Candelaria? Oh, oh yes. Well, John Candel- Jan Candelaria, yeah. Yeah. I was told, do not play Candyman. So, more of a request of not to play this yeah, song. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have another one of those. And then Candiotti, when he came up, well, I played Bills of St. Mary's, and then he said he would like Candyman. So, oh. I played Candyman for him. And the other one was Dreyfer. Remember him? Yes, Darren Dreyfer. Right. He called up. It was Easter. And he says, have Nancy D play Here Comes Peter Cottontail. <laughs> what? How bizarre. <laughs> yeah. So I did. Yeah. Oh, that's but the, great. The, the one that I was told not to play uh, was uh, when the pirates were in, I always did Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yes. And Kevin... Brown was his name, pitcher. Uh huh. The surly, the surly pitcher. Yes. He didn't like that I was bringing on the pirate. When I was growing up and going to 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 the games in the early nineties, I believe you would play. I left my heart in San Francisco. Uh, well, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. You know, uh, the uh, announcers from the San Francisco they wanted me to go to San Francisco and play. Oh. And they were, and uh, 
Fuko and Kuiper. Kuiper was a little rascal. <laughs> he would come over and hound me, you know, say, play I Left My Heart in San Francisco. And I said, as sure as you lose, I'll be happy to play it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to play it if we're winning. <laughs> and then and then in the seventh inning, they would show me on the big screen so I'd have the cameras in front of me while I'm playing Take Me Out to the ball game. <laughs> And he would stand there making faces at me, oh. you know, to distract me. <laughs> so you were able to to meet Sandy Koufax. What what was that yes. like? How was he? Very nice, very nice. I very, bet. And I met his wife, and she said, "Oh, he's talked about you a lot." And I think, really, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I don't even think of them even realizing that I'm there, because they're concentrating on their game and that. So. But you are part of, of the experience of being at the ballpark. To me, as a as a fan and being there, and to the players and to everyone else, that's part of the game. It's part of the experience. What a wonderful legacy! But I always thought of myself more as an accompanist to the game rather than the game going along with what I was doing. Oh, sure. Uh, the fans would come the game that there were no music but they wouldn't come because I'm there and there's no game sure so I realized my position there the mm-hmm. most fun I had playing for uh, players was when the opposing pitcher was taken out I tried not to be too too mean with it um, I would do a very subtle song which uh, Peter O'Malley loved Every time I played it, he would send a note and say, what's the name of that song? <laughs> and after about three or four notes like that, I said, okay, does that mean you like it or don't like it? Because if you don't like it, I won't play it again. But if you like it, fine. Oh, no, no, I like it. <laughs> Which so track when, was that? That was The Last Farewell. <laughs> oh, that's and great. You don't know what I had to do to find out the title of that song. I'd heard it on radio and heard it on radio, and that's how I got my most of my music, not from not from sheet music. I had no idea what the name of the song was. Wow. Finally, I called the radio station and said, you just played a song, what was the name of it? That was the last farewell. But it was subtle because most people didn't really know what the title was. Mm-hmm. President Bush's father was at the game, and I played it because I knew Peter liked it, and he, Bush was in the booth with him. And afterwards, um, Lasorda's wife, Joe, said, what was that song you played? We were all in there trying to think, and Bush said, well, if Barbara were here, she knows, she knows all the names of the song. <laughs> so I wrote Bush and said, this, this has nothing to do with all the you have going on and it probably means nothing but the name of the song was and I sent him a Xerox you know <laughs> totally legal Xerox copy of the song and he wrote me back and thanked me you know I do do you know the way to San Jose yep. for the San Francisco one one that caught everybody and they just all turned around and looked at me was when um, Barry Emanuel hmm. was brought in he was I don't know what TV was on so I played I Write the Song, you know, from Mary, Mary Manuel. Yes. Who actually did not write that song. And that, that caught everyone off guard, you know. <laughs> and 
those were the fun things. It kept me really interested in what was going on because, like, what could I do here? Oh, what yeah. could I? The time that Bush was there, I I was going to play the whip and put song from huh. you know college, mm-hmm. and um, the player on the other team ran to first base, and then he was running to second base, and that was a third out. That's the, you know, and whip and put song. We're poor little lambs who have lost our way. It was perfect and it wasn't planned. It's got to be nice when things just kind of line up, where all this, all the stars line up, and then right. you play right. a track, and the whole, the whole stadium goes, "Oh my gosh, that's perfect." Yeah. The one time I got in real, real trouble, and I was not at fault. Kareem was going through his retirement thing yes there was one television in the press box and it was not faced where i could see it at all Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm playing every single inning you know and i'm sitting there what in the world can i think to play oh i haven't played bye bye blackboard for a while i think i'll play that now my pr director came over and he just Why'd you play that song? Oh my gosh. I don't know. It was just something I hadn't played and I just thought I'd play. And he he accepted that. Then he never did. Then he was sure that I had done it on purpose, you know, that because they're showing Kareem and I'm playing Bye Bye Blackbird. Oh my gosh. That, the stars weren't in line that time. No, they were in line uh, the other way <laughs> that time. <laughs> My gosh. What was your favorite song to play on the organ at Dodger Stadium? And now, this sounds very, very silly. Over all the years, 82 to 83 games a year, 28 years, I still like Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And what was your favorite song to play at home? You know, I rarely play at home. Wow. Uh, so you'll yeah. practice at home, you'll learn the songs, and then bring them, and then you brought them to the ballpark. Right. Just to sit down and play, I normally, if I'm going to do that, I'll sit at the piano and play classical music, something I have to think oh. about. And what was the first album that you bought? Oh, it was probably a classical album. Uh, I love Sikorsky, and... Um, uh, Rimsky Korsakoff and uh, mm. uh, Rock Off. Were you classically trained? Yes. You were? Piano. Yes, I was trained classically on the piano to become a classical or pianist. Hmm. Then I was trained classically on the accordion. And my first instrument was the accordion. I played at the Riviera Hotel in the Desert Inn, <laughs> accordion. What did I end up doing playing the Oregon baseball? <laughs> well, it would have been a different feel if uh, you were playing the Dodger Stadium accordion. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a totally well, different feel. I, I went to do a job with the accordion. And when I got there, there was an organ sitting there. And the director said to me, do you play the organ? And I said, eh, a little bit. <laughs> he says, well, try this song on the organ. I said, okay. So I did. And he said, well, let's do the next one on the organ. It was a chorus and dancers and that. And I said, okay. So I did. And there was a pianist 
uh, also very fine chemist. And uh, he said, you know, the end of this, he says, this is just sitting here, so why don't you just do the whole show on organ? And I called the accordion over. And I said, fine. And then at the end of the show, he says, we did a show down in Indio, the date festival, the Arabian Nights pageant. And the organist there wasn't near as good as you. Would you be interested? I said, sure. So for 28 years, I was at the date festival in wow. India. And, and that's how I became an organist. That went into me playing in Santa Barbara, Monterey, Bakersfield, Phoenix, you know, horse shows all around. Hmm. And I did that for almost 40 years. Who was your favorite artist in uh, in high school? I was in the classical then, and it was mm. um, Mario Alonso. My girlfriend and I were in love with him. Oh, mm. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was the last song you listened to in the car? I have uh, uh, Sirius XM, and I have the, the Escape program oh. on that plays all the songs from my era. There's a music for every mood, so it, it can yes, be... Yes, and that's, you know, that's what I was finding towards the end of my uh, time there, that my feeling for music is not what the young people want. I would try to listen to it, and I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, it's time to bow out. Hmm. And, and, the, and the timing was perfect. We had one real good year that both of us were healthy. And then the, we had our 60th anniversary. And after that, I took sick for the rest of the year, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then Bill took sick. and we, So we had one really good year that we wouldn't have had if we had, uh, you know, because living up northern Nevada mm-hmm. and working in L.A., we had to keep two places. Uh, we had an apartment down there with all the utilities and stuff that goes along with that. Sure. And then the house up here. So, uh, it's a lot my, of work. My, yeah. Yeah. And, and no made to do it all up while you, when you come back. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 We all can't be that fortunate to have the maid service. Right. Right. <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for uh, for for your time today, and I really appreciate being able to uh, when I was a kid to go to the ballpark and to hear you play, and it reminded me of being there with my grandparents, being there with my parents, and and now I I still have your CD that you have of uh, of you playing at Dodger Stadium, and right. uh, and I will play that when I'm uh, when I'm with my kids. So I, I appreciate all all of the work that you've done. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching The Score on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to the Score Music and Sports Podcast now.